Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I am at Williamson NFL, and we have Steelers-Jags kicking off here momentarily, about a half an hour away. So I am going to knock this out like I did last week, give you my recap of the both the Saturday playoff games. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess these aren't super unexpected results. Patriots took over, and they look really good. We'll get to that in a minute, but the Eagles win this game 15-10. A lot to take away here, but the overriding theme to me was the Eagles were more physical, maybe a little better coached, but certainly were better in the trenches, both sides of the ball. And, you know, we mentioned on Friday, much like the Aaron Donald situation, that the Falcons guard situation was going to be really worrisome against Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan to a less extent. And that certainly was the case, especially with Cox. And then Graham on passing downs bounces inside and gave them massive problems too. And the other side of the ball, the left tackle situation isn't perfect. And remember, they have Jason Peters sitting out there. And oh, by the way, Carson Wentz sitting out there too. But everyone has some injuries. Um, but the line overall, I thought, controlled the game. And they were, it was kind of a matchup to me of physical Philly against finesse Falcons. Wow, that worked out with Triple F, huh? How about that? And the physical team in the cold in January won. And let's just buzz through some notes here. Two early turnovers, you know, for the Eagles. First half turnovers, and Foles looked very sketchy. And those turnovers went to all 10 of the Falcons' points. I mean, I was feeling pretty good about my Falcons' prediction at that point, going, man, Foles isn't going to get it done. Um, (laughs) This is uh, problematic. But this was a resilient performance. And I got to say, I mean, leaning on that power running game, a lot of RPOs, uh, you know, they were only down by one at halftime. I mean, I thought that was huge. And then, you know, as the third quarter came along and went along, Foles played better. I mean, I think his numbers, let me pull those up super quick here. He was 23 of 30 for 246. No touchdowns, no interceptions. And I don't know that he played to that level, but... He didn't hurt the team at that point, and he certainly got better as things went on. I think you also can't overlook how big a play that interception should have been. The one that went through, the one that bounces off Keanu Neal's knee, and not only is it not an interception, but it goes into Torrey Smith's hands, and they picked up, I think it was like 19 or 20 yards on that play. And that's a terrible throw. And it ended up being a highly positive play. And there were some things to this game, some of it weather-related. Remember the punt that hits off the, you know, the, the, the mishap on the punt and things like that that were sort of lucky and some good bounces and things like that. Um, but that no bigger than that one. I mean, that was insane. Um, so Foles played better, better than I expected, better than he had of late. But that didn't exactly look like Super Bowl-level performance, that's for sure. And obviously, I'm, you're probably this game probably happened by the time you listen to this. But I do think the game in Minnesota today 
will decide who goes to the Super Bowl. Although, hey, playing in Philly is no joke. And that, I, I give that fan base a ton of credit. I mean, they were into it, man. But Foles was efficient. And like I said, 23 of 30. A lot of RPOs. A lot of Ajayi, as we thought, would come to come to be. Uh, he ended up with 98 yards on 20 touches. A lot of it after the... After the uh, after contact and a lot of yak from this team overall. Um, I thought that was a big thing here. Um, I had some, had a couple notes on that. I'm trying to figure out where I did with them, but there was a couple yards after catch stats that I found in this one that were a little worrisome from an Atlanta standpoint and their defense looked a little worn down and the less physical unit overall. But I mean, still the Falcons had a great chance to win this game. You know, I mean, it was down to the wire. A um, couple stats here I found, too. Falcons had the third-best offense in the regular season against the third-best... or I'm sorry, on third down. Third downs were huge in this game. The Falcons had the third-best third-down offense in the league, and the Eagles had the third-best third-down defense in the league. Well, clearly... The Eagles' defense won that battle in this one, too. I mean, the Falcons converted only 31%, and, you know, 4 of 13 on third down. That was obviously a problem. Red zone has been a problem for these guys, too. And I found a stat today that Matt Ryan went 1 of 18 on passes to Julio Jones in the end zone this season. That's kind of unbelievable. I mean, obviously... Jones is going to demand a ton of attention in the red, in the in the end zone. I get that, but threw to him 18 times this year and completed only one of them in the end zone. That's crazy, and including that was obviously prominent yesterday as well. So the Falcons have not been able to finish drives, you know, well enough at all this year. I mean, take the Sark versus Shanahan conversation out of it all. But that's been a problem for these guys all year. And frankly, I should have stressed this more on Friday, but the Falcons' offense of late has not been all that that impressive at all. I mean, the defense had been, had some tough times in this one, but they didn't let up 15 points. I mean, go on the road and division around the playoffs, you don't need to let up 15 points. Every head coach in the world would take that. But this offense has been struggling. It's not all Sark, but I think that has something to do with it. Um, I thought it was big. A big problem for the Eagles of late has been penalties. They were much cleaner, much more efficient in that regard. In a tight game, that was very, very important. And then I found a couple other little nuggets here, too, that in this game, Foles averaged only 4.9 yards per attempt. And that's the lowest in his four starts of season. I mean, he got a lot of help with his receivers after the catch, as I mentioned. 164 yards came after the catch. So what do you take from that is, well, he didn't make very many difficult throws in the elements, driving it through the wind, deep outs, deep in-cutting routes, those type of things. But he also took what was there and let his playmakers be playmakers. You know, Ajayi, Aguilar, uh, Jeffrey made a big play or two. And he also did his best between the numbers. He was 11 of 11 for 119 yards in this game. So... Yeah, that's good stuff, you know, and a couple standouts on defense for sure for Philly. Cox absolutely comes to mind, putting a lot of interior pressure as well as really shutting down the run. I don't know that we've talked up Brandon Graham on this podcast enough, 
He's really, really good. I mean, he's every bit as good as Fletcher Cox. I know Cox gets all the praise, but Graham might be their best defensive player. I mean, I'm not selling Fletcher Cox short. Don't get me wrong. They're both studs. I thought Grady Jarrett stood out on the other side of the ball as well. I thought he gave those guys a hard time. Um, Tevin Coleman looked like the better back on this day, and I'm a fan of his work as well. Um... You know, where else do we got here? I guess that's about it, really. I mean, they, uh, you know, they got Foles kind of out of his funk early, you know, and made life a little easier on him. But the big key to me, clearly, was the play in the trenches. You know, that this time of year, cold weather, wind, elements, stress, and, you know, a lot of pressure on your quarterbacks from a, you know, uh, not from a pass rush standpoint, I just mean like from a pressure standpoint, like concerned, you know. Um, you get big time trench play, both sides of the ball, you're going to win a heck of a lot more than you lose. And that's what we saw from the Eagles. There's no doubt about it. The next game shouldn't shock anybody too much, obviously. Uh, we'll go through it in a little bit, but just two things in case you don't realize. This is going to be the seventh straight AFC Championship appearance for the Patriots. Seven in a row. I mean, that's insane. How about this one? Brady is going to his 12th AFC Championship game. 12. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Uh Elway and Peyton Manning have combined to play in 11. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. I mean, the number of first downs that they put up in this game. I mean, late in the game, I tweeted something along the lines of 30 first downs in this game already. I mean, 30. It's craziness. I mean, they were very, very good in this game. Now, Tennessee didn't play poorly early on. And they hung around, and they thought they were actually in it. There really was nowhere to go on the ground in this game. I mean, Henry had 12 carries for 28 yards. And we knew that Belichick was going to do everything possible to take that away. And he did. I mean, he really did. And, and Mariota chipped in with some timely running. And this is great. And he's been better about that. And it needs to be a part of who he is. I didn't think Mariota played great. 22 out of 37, 256, two touchdowns. But I also think he should be a little further along at this stage of his career. And these last couple of games have been promising, and maybe we'll talk about this down the road, but I don't know that I'd still bring Malarkey back. Um, there were... Corey Davis was impressive. You know, you guys know that I like him, and he's starting to come along well. One of his touchdowns was in garbage time, but still, you know, I think he's looking the part. Um, Walker's injury, I think, was big, and he looked quite good for a while there. Decker did some good things and ended the day with 6 for 85. Great. Uh, also had one of the more crucial calls in this game. And thing, the refs didn't help Tennessee early. There's no doubt about that. And I fueled some of this fire because I know a lot of my fans are Steeler fans. Um, just kind of pumping up the narrative that the Patriots get every call. And I, I certainly don't believe that. But there seemed like a stretch in this game where it was kind of believable, <laughs> you know, in the first half when it mattered most. That, wow, everything's going their way. And that the, the punt that was called 
That was a huge play, too. I mean, it was a, a false start, and I thought it was clearly a false start. And then they run out and overturn it and call it offsides. It was like, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I do not believe that. But there has been times throughout the year that you kind of have that feeling. So I'll just leave it at that. But um, Mariota was under a lot of pressure. He was sacked eight times and pressured a lot more than that and didn't do all that well when under pressure. And as great as Brady and Gronk and Deion Lewis and all those guys were, and they absolutely were, maybe the thing to get most excited about big picture Patriots-wise is the pass rush is starting to come around the last couple games. And it's not because they're dialing up crazy blitzes. Um, They're getting after the pass rusher, or getting after the passer. And it looks like that's somewhat sustainable. Flowers is a really good player, and I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, too. Trey Flowers is back and looking really, really good. Um, I don't think that can be overlooked. Gilmore has really settled in as a stud corner for these guys, kind of what you thought they were going to get when they spent big money on him in free agency. So those two guys have helped the pass defense immensely since certainly early in the year or even a month ago and the defense is as solid as ever I mean they don't make mistakes they're bend but don't break playing with the lead sure helps fundamentally sound don't miss a lot of tackles Brady was awesome clinical surgical superstar seemed to look even better as the game went on confident Looked better than he has in the last month or six weeks since going on the injury report with that Achilles. My hunch is a week off helped the 40-year-old quite a bit. Um, Patriots were 5 out of 5 in the red zone. 11 out of 16 on third down. Uh, Brady went to the ground zero times. Crazy. So, Gronk was the stud. And he's in, like, like I talked about... And maybe it's come to play with the Steelers, too, is, you know, when you play man coverage against these guys, Gronk is the problem, you know, and there's just no way around that. And he could have done even more, I thought, in this game. He looked really, really good. But I think Amendola has stepped up in that typical slot role that they always have. And that's an important component of their offense for sure. I mean, I think that's very big. And he ended up with 112 yards and 11 catches. I mean, I didn't notice that until after the game and I pulled up the box score. I was like, wow. But, yeah, that made sense, you know. And White is <laughs> where he always is, too. And big game, James White scores touchdowns when it matters most and creates massive problems in the passing game. I thought they picked on those Patriot uh, inside linebackers without mercy and played really well against those guys. Uh, Woodyard, in particular, really got picked on. Um Cyprian to some degree as well. Uh, Bayard, I thought, kind of did okay when against Gronk, and but nobody does. And Bayard's a really good player, but Gronk's just a, an unstoppable force. And the Gronk-Brady combo right now is, wow. And to his credit, you know, I mean, Brady didn't throw well deep. And that's been a bit of a problem this year, even though they have thrown deep often. But then just kind of decided, well, they're going to give us all this intermediate short stuff, White, Gronk, Amendola, 
And that's kind of what I predicted on Friday was that's the strength of this defense. Like, that didn't surprise me at all. I mean, they don't give up the deep ball very well much in Tennessee, but you can beat up them on them and sustain long drives. And we certainly know the Patriots are very capable of doing that, and they are year after year. And they were in this one. And they pulled ahead, and the end of the game really wasn't, you know, newsworthy or worth watching. Uh, they owned it basically as the, as the game went on, it was theirs. And again, things didn't go the, the Titans way early, but it didn't matter. I mean, it really didn't. Amendola, Gronk, and I didn't mention Deion Lewis. I thought Deion Lewis was once again very good in this game. I didn't realize he had nine catches for 79 yards too. I mean, he, he was a very fine contributor on the ground yet again. Only 62 yards, but it's very impressive in doing so. I think he's a foundation player for these guys. Pats look good when it matters most. You know, either the Steelers or the Jags are going to have to go there next week, and that's going to be a difficult, difficult task. Brady looks great. Gronk looks great. Pass rush is getting better. Gilmore's standing out. It's a good formula, and we know the formula, and their their recent success is really unbelievable. All right, so I'm going to get to the uh, Sunday games now. See you.